If you're not mad about ads, and that's fair enough, choose the Dave McWilliams Plus option on Apple Podcasts, and you can hear this podcast in all its glory without the ads. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To understand the economy, you have to understand human nature. This podcast is powered by Acast. How are you doing there? We're having a little giggle here. John is uh, late, well, as always. <laughs> when These he dies, we die, we call him the late John Davis. <laughs> slave drivers, they are. They're slave drivers. Slacker, slacker. You don't get anywhere slacking. Anyway, John, I want to discuss cities today. I want to discuss the scourge of the car. I want to discuss making cities better. Scourge of the car. Absolutely. The, the tyranny, the tyranny of the truck that is the car, right? And why cars are actually have destroyed cities, completely yeah. destroyed the city. Now, this goes for Dublin, but it goes for Edinburgh, for London, for Paris, for New York, for every single city. The car, when you think about it, has been the single most destructive innovation. So on the one hand, the car has been an amazing thing for humans. Yeah, to get from A to B, right? Yeah. Extraordinary. It's made the world smaller. It's been unbelievably liberating. It's actually allowed people to take a huge amount of autonomy into their hands. I want this. I want to go here. So all that. And in yeah. fact, if you look back at the United States, you know, the car has always been associated with freedom, the open road, the Jack Kerouac, the yeah. drive. I mean, you've done your drive. I've done stuff. my drive. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So, you know, San Francisco to New York exactly. in 10 days. And you, by the way, listeners, you do want to know, are you, will I give some of the details of the places, stops and the people you met? No, because you told me one night in a bar. Anyway, all I'm <laughs> going to say is, we're gonna, but we're going to start in Dunleary, but this story is the story of every single town and every single city. And what is happening. And now we have the opportunity in the 21st century to reverse the mistakes of the 20th century, which is why setting aside more spaces now for cars is even more egregious. Mm. I mean, I really I noticed this in, in, in Vancouver when I was there the other week. You know, all these cities are built around cars yeah. still. And like apparently well, Can- Canadians would say Vancouver is one of the better ones, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, they all came to I was sitting under the statue of Roger Casement right? And I was contemplating Casement's Fine, life. Please. There's this, in Dunleary, by the way, there's a big statue of Casement, which I'm going to, actually, you know, the statue of Casement was supposed to be put in in 1966. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the local council had a freak out because he was gay, right? Yeah. 
and they couldn't put a statue to a gay man in 1966, right? And then what they were going to do, do you know, this is even more interesting. They were going to put, and the, the actual statue of Casement ended up in Ballybunion, in Kerry. Yes. Right? Yeah, where, yeah, where, yeah. He'd actually, where he'd actually landed his submarine when he was coming from Germany. But an interesting little detail. This will be of interest to people in the locality, but it, again, is a more macro story. They were going to put a small statue to Casement down in Sandy Cove, where he was actually born. Right. But you know the little park beside the 40 foot? Yeah. You know, where there are abandoned little, they used to be dressing rooms for people, right? In the 60s, right? This is hilarious, right? The local council here in Dunleary were so freaked out by the prospect of gay cottaging down there, okay, (laughs) that they thought that if they put a statue to a gay man there, it would just increase the cottaging of the local gay. So they banned the whole thing. These oh are the man. details that I know oh from man. my research. Actually, we did a brilliant, brilliant podcast. You told a story of Casement, which is ah, a brilliant a story, podcast. Yeah. And, and that was, if you want to listen to that, go back to episode 172. It's a long time ago. <laughs> it involves Roger Casement, Carson, Oscar Wilde. Oh, it's great. Congo, the yeah. First World War, the Division of Ireland... The rising, the republic, the yes. whole thing. Yeah, a typical a, episode. A typical <laughs> episode. A little bit, little bit for everyone. But anyway, I, I, so I was sitting down. You're sitting there. Go having on. a coffee the other morning, minding my own business, looking out at Dublin Bay, looking at the forty foot, looking at Hoth. The sun is up. It's quite early in the morning, so mm-hmm. the sun is coming from the east, and the place looks lovely. Behind me is the new baths that have been refashioned. Except there's no baths in the new baths. It's only fecking can happen in Dunleary. Yeah, yeah. There's the People's Park. There are kids. There's grannies. There's people walking around. The lovely there's library. The lovely library. Of course, the lovely library. There are people cycling. All is good. And out of the corner of my eye, I see two fellas in high-vis jackets, <laughs> yeah. right? And they are lifting a parking meter. So I thought, this is unusual. Right. There is a piece of space, right? So right beside the baths, maybe the best site in Dunleary, looking out onto Scotsman's the sea. Scotsman's Bay. Exactly. Looking out onto the sea, slightly elevated. Beside Teddy's ice cream. Beside Teddy's ice cream, okay. And there's a new cafe called BB's, which is nice there. But the point is, and again, we're giving you descriptions of our locality, but imagine your own place, wherever you live. Beautiful site, elevated, would be perfect for rewilding, for planting some uh, any sort of vegetation, yeah. maybe a little cafe, maybe a food truck, maybe a few seats so people can sit down. What are they putting there? They tarmacked it over and they're putting a fucking car park. Now, not only are they putting the car park, right? The council have done extremely well. They've put in a new new sort of one-way system, so they've taken cars yeah, out of the place. Have, yeah. They spent ages taking cars out of the area. They put in a Massive and impressive new bicycle lane, right? Mm. The place is full of life. It is, it's, it's an alive ecosystem. And they tarmacked it over and they put in a car park. They paved paradise and put, put up a parking, parking lot. Go, Joni. Now, <laughs> now Joni wrote that song. Yeah. The Big Yellow Taxi by yeah. Joni Mitchell was actually written by Joni Mitchell after a visit to Hawaii. Yeah. And she got into Hawaii late at night in the dark. She had realised that as on the drive to the hotel, they were driving past lush vegetation and all that sort of stuff. She woke up the next morning, she opened her window and she'd realised that they'd actually paved over 
the actual jungle and put in the car yeah. park. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, maybe not the same level of crime in Dunleary. Okay, <laughs> but... <laughs> Can I just say, though, this is probably sacrilege, but the best version of that song is by the Counting Crows. Okay, the Counting Crows, I will defer to your musical tastes <laughs> on that, right? But I come back to this idea, right? That the car is the enemy of urban regeneration. That we know. Why? Because it pollutes, number one. Yeah. But number two, it takes up so much space. I agree. Every single city that has tried to regenerate itself has started with making it more difficult, not more easy to park. And the problem with parking is that parking creates dead spaces. There is of all the space that a car is sitting on, it's dead. Yeah. There's nothing there. The person drops their car, leaves... That place is taken over by two tons of empty metal. If you want to regenerate a city or a town or an area, you have to start with understanding that the car destroys street life. The car, in effect, bullies people off the street. Yeah. And what I was intrigued by in our locality is that we talk about climate change right? Mm. We talk about the environment, we talk about COP22, we talk about zero emissions, and we put in new car park space. So I, I approached the council and I asked them. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Angry from no, Dunleary. No, just Mr. Consistent. Right. Why are you yes. doing this? Yes, yeah, yeah, fair enough. And they said, oh, well, there was a car park there before. And I'm saying, yeah, yeah. but there hasn't been one for five years and yeah. nobody missed it. Like, who is agitating? for yeah. these things. So again, it comes back to this bizarre idea of why you would do something, why you would actually... I'm looking at our area. The Green Party topped the poll here in the last election. Yes. Right? They, they got in yes. first, right? Yeah. And yet the council, which is part of the government, is adopting an anti-green, anti-environmental, pro-car agenda. Now, that seems to me to be bizarre until you ask yourself why. And again, I'm talking about Dunleary here, but this could be anywhere. Why are car park spaces being created at a time when we know that less cars makes the city more vibrant mm. or the town? And of course, it's follow the money, right? It's right. all about yeah. money, okay? That cars make a modicum of income for councils. And then you think, okay, so what is the problem here? The problem here is the way in which local government is financed in this country, but also many, many countries, mm. right? Because there is no local property tax here of any significance and it doesn't yeah. go to the locality. And because there is none, remember we were talking about rezoning taxes? Yeah. When you rezone land, that land gets increased. Here in Ireland, the private developer gets all the money. Mm. Whereas in most other countries, what you do is you share the upside. Yeah. And that's revenue for the council, which is how, for example, in Hong Kong, they built their metro using yeah, that yeah. model at all. So it's amazing. Here, what you have is the council exists on rates for businesses and retail, right? So they charge rates to business and retail because in Ireland, we abandoned rates for households in 1977 when Fianna Fáil decided to give away the country to get elected. Right. And we never went back. Right, yeah, Jack yeah. Lynch, that great tactician, right, gave away rates. So councils in this country are depending on rates for their income. Rates depend on main street tenancies, right? But the problem is our lifestyles have changed completely. So people are shopping online. Look at most streets in Ireland. Mm. Where there used to be banks, there's now nail bars, right? Yeah. Where there used to be big, big retail 
shops, there are now cafes, right? Where there used to be, for example, solicitor's offices, there are now hairdressers, Mm. right? If you look at all our main streets have changed completely. Why? Because things like banks have gone online, right? If you have an app and you can create an app for the service, it'll go online. You can't create an app for haircuts, as far as I know, right? Okay. Good idea, Max. It's a very good idea, right? So what happens is, on the main street of all our towns and cities, the type of tenant has changed from typically a wealthy organisation like a bank Mm. or a building society or something like that to actually quite a fragile organisation like a cafe or a hairdresser. So what then happened then is rents fall. But the landlords who have been high in the hog of having had good rents for many years Mm. from banks can't accept that they're now going to have to accept lower rates. So rather than crystallise their losses, they keep their properties vacant, right? Yeah. So suddenly what you see is you see vacancy, which is not to do with the towns, to do with the way our lifestyles have changed because of people going online, number one. But number two, the types of places, the hairdressers and the nail bars and the cafes and all those social places Mm. that are now actually popping up can't pay the rents. And if they can't pay the rents, they can't pay the rates. Yeah. So consequently, the local council starts losing money. So then they have to say, where can we get more money? Yeah. And, so and back to the cars. Parking and then parking tickets and Parking stuff. tickets. So yeah. what I'm saying is all of this has got to do with the fact that the financing model, the economics of towns has changed profoundly. And you cannot stem these permanent changes in lifestyle, right? What you have to do is readjust your policy mm. to deal with this. Secondly, what you won't do is compensate for the loss of rates by parking fines and parking meters unless you begin to pave over more parts of the public realm. And that's what they're doing. No, I I get that. But can I just flip that around a little bit? These more fragile businesses like cafes and and small shops. I was looking at your nails. They're very nice. Thanks very much. Yeah, I was in that nail bar up the road. Yeah, the Korean one. Yeah. (laughs) But these businesses need footfall. And they need people brought into the towns. Or living in the towns. Okay, well, we'll get to that now in a second. But at the moment, they need to bring people into the towns. Yeah. Public transport isn't what it should be yet. But it's as good here as it is anywhere in Ireland. Dunleary is by far and away the best linked public transport. Okay, but but people do want to, to drive here and do their shopping. And then, you know, when they do their shopping, they've got a whole load of bags and they want to stick them in the car. And it's that old argument of, you know, convenience of having the car. So that's point number one. The, the other thing about it is having more cyclists in town. I just got my mother, my 90-year-old mother, into a wheelchair for the first time to get her out and about. This was a really big deal getting her into the wheelchair. And don't tell me what happened to you. And I got her into the wheelchair and we're just about to go. And she, she was nearly flattened by a cyclist, booting down the... But and, go on, I hear you. No, but but I'm saying that there's there's a trade-off. There, there's a trade-off there, in there all is, of this. There is the Carmel Davis approach to urban development, right? Which is to tar all cyclists <laughs> with a brush of being potential murderers. <laughs> traveling she was shaking her fist. But you have to make plans 
for what the new reality is, mm. right? The new reality is that cities have been destroyed by cars. And this very idea of convenience, mm. which you talk about, right? yeah. people have to get their head around the fact that that is destroying the very cars or the very towns that they, they should love, right? Yeah. And the reason it is, is because if you give all the space on... So imagine that, imagine the economics of it, right? There are only a finite amount of roads. Yeah. There is only a finite amount of space. Space is therefore a valuable resource. If you set aside space for parked cars, what are you doing? You're giving away that valuable resource mm. and you're wasting it. Yeah. Now, the long-term implication of this is you just have just traffic everywhere. Yeah. Right? That's the first thing. The this, LA approach. Yeah. That won't work, right? If you look at all cities that are beginning to work properly, mm. people have come back to live in them and they have what they call mixed-use development. Yeah. So one of the greatest problems, it seems to me, in the 20th century was this idea that we would plan zones that were unique. So you'd have a residential zone mm -hmm. and then you'd have a retail zone and then you'd have a commercial zone. So what you did was you actually parceled up the land yeah. and in effect required people to travel to work to home, yeah. to play. Dublin, for example, has got loads of industrial estates spotted around on, yeah. on the outskirts. Yeah. yeah, and has got loads and loads of places that are zoned for commercial in the centre. Yeah. Now, of course, what that does is that sucks the life out of places. So what it does is it says, you will work in this area, but you can't live in this area. Mm. So how do you get there? Well, you need either to walk, or you need a bike, or you need a car. Mm. Car... Let's do it because there's no cost. We're not penalizing them enough, right? So eventually what you get is people are required to travel between these three areas and then transport becomes a problem. Mm. And then, of course, public transport is competing on the roads with what? Cars. Mm. The reason buses can't actually be dependable in any city is because they're stuck behind cars. Yeah. So the interests of the unique one-car owner supersede the interests of the 60 people on the bus. So you have an anti-democratic issue as well going on. But frankly, it's all about how do you price space on the road? And if you decide that there is a divine right to drive, and if you decide that that divine right to drive supersedes everything else, mm -hmm. well, then of course you're going to get space. And if you decide that parking is a financial option, and parking is a solution to a long-term structural change in the way in which we shop, the way in which we live, then you're going to set aside more space for dead space. Yeah. So it's this idea of the joined-up thinking. You've got to think, okay, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to hit these global climate emission targets? Are we trying to make the cities more livable? And then if you, if you go back, there was a really interesting article written recently by Simon Cooper in the FT, one of the great FT articles. And yeah. he was talking about how, in effect, the 19th century city was mugged by the 20th century. So, if you, And I thought it was a really good idea. It's basically that the heydays of cities was the 19th century, or even in Dublin, the 18th century, right? If you look at Dublin, all the beautiful parts of Dublin were built in the 18th century. Yeah. Right? Isn't that amazing? The, the right? Beautiful squares of Stephen's Green of Marion Square. All that stuff. They yeah. were all built in 
the 18th century. Mm. So between about 1760 and about 1800. Then there was a thing called the Wide Streets Commission in the 19th century where they actually created wide streets like O'Connell Street, like all mm. those streets, right? But these were civic planners, people who thought about the place. They all were built before the arrival of the car. Since the arrival of the car, nothing of any consequence has been built because the cities, we go back to this idea of Jane Jacobs, have become denuded of population. You know, for example, when you read, take our great Mr. Joyce, right? Yes. And when you read Ulysses, what actually comes across to me, there's many things come across to mm. me, but it is the fictitious Dublin of 1904 is a walking, living, vibrant city yeah. where Bloom bumps into all sorts. He's at a funeral, he's in a pub, he's walking down the beach, he's getting the tram, he's talking to hookers, he's talking to priests, he's talking to coppers, he's talking to criminals, he's talking to provosts, he's talking to unionists, he's talking to everyone. And they all are living in this vibrant city where they're living above the shop, yeah. where there's an artisan little sort of a tannery. Do you like tanneries, John? I know that your sense of smell <laughs> yes, is indeed. upset. If, if anyone's ever been to Marrakesh, you know all about the smell of tanneries. Well, I tell you, if you're worried about the smell of tanneries, John, I'm going to advise you. There's a fantastic book by a guy called Patrick Suskind, <laughs> and it's called Perfume, right? Right. What it does, John, it's, it's an amazing thing. It is celebration of the nose, right? Right. And the ability to smell, right? right? And this guy is a perfumer. But it begins his life, he begins his life in a tannery that his dad was basically hanging out, as you would do, hides of goats. Yeah. And it's the smell of that. It's an, it's an olfactory sensation. It's called Perfume, Break book by Patrick. But we digress. We digress. <laughs> but if you go to Marrakesh, right? Yeah. And you go to Jam al which yeah. is the name of the big square there, yeah. right? What you see is the whole world is living there. Yeah. It's, actually, it's actually one of the most fantastic places. And at night, as the sun goes down and the Medina lights alive. up yeah. and, the, and the, the mosques are doing the last call to prayers, and it's, it's an amazing, but it's a life. Mm. It's alive, right? And the reason it's alive is because those old cities were built for living. And what happened to us in the 20th century, we came into to Dublin, we said, oh, look at all these slums. Let's clear them all out. Mm. And we set up Crumlin and Drimna and all those neck of the woods, right? People moved out, place left empty, right? Yeah. And then therefore the people who live in the city are increasingly isolated, like in the north inner city. Mm. These are isolated communities, right? And they lose all the energy that is life. And the energy of life is diversity. Come back to ecology, mm. right? And, and this is your baby, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That what makes an amazingly fantastic ecological eco-space is diversity. Different plants, different animals, yeah. all that sort of stuff, right? It's its strength and, and... And resilience. Yeah, resilience and vibrancy and all that. Going back to our friend Taleb, right? You know, that basically diversity and competition and interaction, these are the things that make communities and places strong. Mm. And what we have done in the 20th century in cities is we have denuded the city of people. We have replaced people with cars. Cars are, the last time I checked, inanimate objects that don't speak. Yeah. They, they don't have the crack, right? And what you do then is you take away from the very city and the very street the life that makes it interesting. And now we have gone so far yeah. and so far that the centre of cities, whether it's Dublin, whether it's Toronto, 
whether it's Montreal, whether it's New York, the centre of cities have, up until COVID, become dead zones after six, except for people going to the theatre and restaurants, which is a tiny, tiny minority. Yeah, yeah. Dead all night. There's no night time. There's no light nightlife. We've taken the nightlife out of the city. We've taken the whole sense. But now, with technology, we have an opportunity to reverse all these things. This is the thing. So let's explore how that technology can actually change the, yeah. the, the look and the feel and the use of the city after a bit of this. This is how technology is going to bring us back to the future. See what I did there? Oh. I'm telling you, you got to love it. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, Mark, you, you were saying there that the 19th century and all those beautiful buildings and the cities of the 19th century the likes of Paris and all those beautiful European cities. London was a vibrant yeah. city. Dublin was a vibrant city, albeit very poor, but it was all those beautiful buildings and people living in the centre. But that was mugged by the 20th century. By the 20th century. century, yeah, by a combination of cars and concrete. Right, okay. Explain that to me a little bit more. Well, but What's going to happen now? But So now what we're saying is the 19th century cities having been mugged by the 20th centuries, are going to be revitalised by the 21st century. And this is the idea, yeah. right? The idea is, the first thing we should do is the zoning of those three zones should be abolished, right? So rather than say you can only do this here, this here, and this there, mm. right? You should say we're going to have, everything is going to have mixed use, every area. So what you're trying to get is people living 24-7. And now it's the 24 is the key idea. Yeah, yeah, That you yeah. can basically, you don't have to leave your place of work to go to your place of your dormitory bed mm. and then next day get up and go to the pub somewhere else. And right? this is the Jane Jacobs, 15-minute city. This is the Jane Jacobs idea that basically, the, the, as she called, she called it the waltz of 
the street. Yeah. It's called Eyes on the Street. Her idea was that the street polices itself because you've got eyes on the street at every single time. Her idea was Greenwich Village in the 1920s, 1910s. Now, of course, there was huge sanitation problems. There was huge health problems, but they've all been fixed by, by science, mm. right, at this stage. And then you look and you say, okay, well, how does this work? At the moment, after the pandemic, 30% of all Americans now work from home. Yeah. 30%, right? So increasingly this demarcation between the home and the office is going to become a thing of the past because of communications, because of Wi-Fi, because of Zoom, because also because people are saying, I don't have to go to the office, right? Mm. I remember years ago, like I've been working for myself, as you know, for years, but I remember even that bizarre idea of, you know, getting up in one part of London, getting on the Vespa and going into another part of London. <laughs> yeah. And not really talking to the people you worked with, even in the other part. It wasn't as if it was an essential part of your communication yeah. or you had to work together, right? Having meetings in these places. Now you can have meetings in cafes and parks and whatever you want to do, right? So the idea is that working from home profoundly changes the trends of the last century. Because the trends of the last century have been commuting. So home was here and work was there. Mm. That's gone. Now you look at somewhere like Dublin, but also all these other cities, right? Commercial property here. Okay, commercial property is something that speaks to a world where employees were demanded that they came into an office, right? Once you actually get rid of that obligation, why do you have so many offices in the centre of town? But, but the logistics of converting a lot of that office space and all that commercial property yeah. into living space is enormous. It is enormous. But I mean, it's always the thing is the most environmentally friendly building is the building that already exists. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what do you do? And you're right. It's, and we're not builders. Architects and builders will tell you it's very, very difficult. So what you do is you give people, you use, again, the tax system to encourage people to do things. So you remember, lots of people complain about it and they're kind of right that in the late 80s, early 90s, and through the 90s, all of Dublin's keys were given mm. tax breaks for regeneration. Yeah. And what went up there in many cases were really jerry-built apartments. But I remember working in the central bank, right, mm. in the early yeah. 90s, yeah. and looking out, the, the tallest building in the city. Yeah. Looking out, and again... Ooh, when you look at it now, it's amongst, tiny. It's tiny, yeah, it, but looking out at the keys, right... Okay, as I contemplated mm. equations and what have you, yes, right? Yeah. Or what time the movies were on the, <laughs> exactly. the Ambassador I Cinema. Say, oh, it's like clock off four in the can afternoon. I, can, I get up to, can I go out to Mulligan's for a pint? <laughs> right? But, you know, I, I think I remember years ago, a German friend of mine saying to me when she first arrived in Ireland, my God, you must really hate the Brits. And I said, where is that coming from? She goes, because of what they did to your city. Mm. And I said, well, they actually built the city. And she goes, no, all the bombed out sites. <laughs> she, yeah. thought, she thought that the dereliction of Dublin was due to a vindictive <laughs> British parting shot was to blow up the city. I said, no, we did that ourselves. <laughs> she couldn't believe that the city yeah. was so derelict. Brilliant point. Yeah. She was like, I said, no, the Brits didn't do it. In fact, the Brits left the place. We did it ourselves, yeah. right? And it's interesting, actually, because we were just saying before before we started recording, was that we were in town recently and how run down... It's looking very central, shabby. Yeah. And it, it will always be run down as yeah. long as people don't live there. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Because it will always be a spring clean in the morning, 
right? Then it gets filthy, and then it's spring cleaning at night. Whereas the Jane Jacobs idea is that when you have eyes on the street, people look after their own place. Yeah. You know, people look after their own shit. They yeah. do, as a general rule. It's you know, of pride you know, and, and, and all the rest, yeah. Exactly, and it's, it's, it's human nature. It goes back to the, the sitting in the cave as, as, as hunter-gatherers. You know, you look after your own place, right? It's an animalistic instinct. Yeah. So if you take the humans out, there's nobody to look after it. So again, go back to this idea, like Wi-Fi completely changes the obligation to work together in rooms, Right. Think about how people communicate. Tinder, that you and I are on Tinder now under different <laughs> aliases. <laughs> exactly. Right. But if you think about it, you know, like there is no reason to believe that we need to do anything like commuting. When you think about commuting, it was the most ridiculous notion. Mm. Of course, who benefited? Car companies. Yeah. Because car companies sold us the dream of the suburbs, right? We were brought up in suburbs. I quite like suburbs. I've always been a big defender of suburbs, but environmentally, they've been a catastrophe, right? Well, creatively, they've been brilliant. I think they have been. Yeah. You and me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but I've also thought, you know, this, this, is, this is another podcast. Yeah. This bullshit that you can only create either in urban, gritty garrets or out in the middle of nowhere yeah. looking for the real yeah. Ireland. Total bullshit. Bullshit. All yeah. creativity comes from suburbs. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that because yeah. why? Because creativity comes from people. Exactly. And people exactly. live in the suburbs, right? Yeah. But the suburbs was sold to us by car companies. It was the biggest scam ever foisted upon a willing bunch of human beings. Mm. Because car companies said, don't worry, we'll give you the transport. So suddenly you get roads, you get cars, you get traffic. Imagine you said to somebody in the 19th century, we're going to create these amazing machines and we're going to eliminate the concept of distance. And we're going to have these brilliant, brilliant innovations like engines and electricity. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to sit in metal boxes on our own for yeah. two or three hours a day. People say, are you mad? Listen to shit radio. Listen to shit radio. Exactly. Exactly. As a former, as a former breakfast presenter. <laughs> That's what I was referring to, actually. Exactly. As a former <laughs> breakfast presenter, right? So let us, let us conclude. What we have now is we have the opportunity with technology to take back cities away from cars and to people, right? We have that opportunity. And therefore, we need to call out every time because the amazing thing about economics is small incremental changes make a big difference, mm. right? Yeah. So every time a local council lazily decides to tarmac over a piece of land which they own, which could be used for something else, they are adding a little bit more to the problem and taking a little bit more away from the solution. That's why we're highlighting this particular issue. Yeah. The 21st century has the opportunity to regalvanize 19th century cities. And all it is, is about using our imagination. This is the sound of the suburbs. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. 
so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.